You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include hepatitis is on the rise, President Biden asked for relief for Ukraine, and New Jersey plastic bag mandate is to start in the coming weeks. Here's your national news recap for the week of April 24th. Cases of severe hepatitis seen in children around the world may actually be linked to adenovirus infections. That's according to a new report from the World Health Organization that also said more investigation is needed. So far, the U.S. and 10 other countries have reported nearly 170 severe hepatitis cases in children between 1 month and 16 years old. At least 17 of those cases has resulted in children needing liver transplants. HWO officials say 74 of the children so far have tested positive for adenovirus. A San Diego police arrest filmed on TikTok has people on both sides of the conversation asking questions. The social media video shows two San Diego police officers arresting a woman during a fight, with the department saying she was arrested on National City Boulevard Sunday morning after a chase. NBC San Diego says some people are questioning the way the woman was taken into custody, saying she was punched twice with one officer on top of her trying to handcuff her. The department says the entire incident is still under investigation. A former officer and sheriff's captain, Paul Capitelli, also told NBC more information is needed, asking if the woman was on drugs or had a weapon. A Tennessee bill that would require convicted drunk drivers to pay child support to minors is headed to the governor's desk. Drivers convicted of vehicular homicide, intoxication, or aggravated vehicular homicide would be ordered by a court to pay child maintenance or child support if the victim was a parent, according to the bill. The payments would continue until the child reaches the age of 18 or has graduated from high school. A spokesperson for Governor Bill Lee told ABC he will review the legislation when it reaches his desk. The bill passed unanimously in the state, house, and senate. The bill leaves it to the court to determine the appropriate amount of money convicted drunk drivers would have to pay while taking into account the financial needs and resources of the child, the resources and needs of the child's surviving parent or guardian, and the standard of living to which the child is accustomed. Drivers who are incarcerated and unable to make payments have up to one year after their release to begin payment. Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID-19. Harris tested positive on a rapid and PCR test, but is suffering from no symptoms. Harris said she's quarantining and hasn't been in close contact with the president. An effort to recall Washington Governor Jay Inslee has been stopped by the Washington State Supreme Court. The justices upheld a previous ruling by a judge in Thurston County that the recall didn't have factually or legally sufficient grounds to continue. 
The group Washingtonians, to recall Inslee, organized the effort. It claimed Inslee's handling of the pandemic violated their rights. Three Florida corrections officers are facing second-degree murder charges after they were accused of beating an inmate to death at the Dade Correctional Institution back in February. The Miami Herald is reporting Ronald Ingram threw a cup of urine at officers. The 60-year-old was then attacked and put in a prison transport van. His body was found after it arrived hundreds of miles away in Ocala. Ronald Connor, Christopher Rowland, and Kirk Walton are also charged with conspiracy, aggravated battery of an elderly adult, and cruel treatment of a detainee. New Jersey wants to be a global leader in offshore wind power, and its governor hopes it will lead to more U.S. energy independence. Governor Phil Murphy announced the state's agreement with Orsted Offshore North America for New Jersey's first offshore wind project. The New Jersey wind port in Salem County is the first purpose-built offshore wind marshalling port in the U.S. and will ultimately create some 1,500 industry jobs and contribute $500 million to the economy. Murphy noted that Russia's war on Ukraine underscores the need for U.S. energy independence, and he added, Energy platforms like offshore wind can help lead to an energy-independent future where dictators can no longer hold everyone hostage to their own fossil fuel empires. Enid, Oklahoma police say a suspect is now in custody in the death of a child whose body was found Thursday morning in a motel swimming pool. They say the little girl, about two years old, had injuries consistent with sexual assault. Police quickly identified 51-year-old Michael Geiger as a person of interest. He was seen running away from the Grand Prairie Motel on South Van Buren, where the child's body was found. He was located on the roof of a nearby building. Records show he had just gotten out of prison last month on a 10-year sentence for kidnapping. Enid Police Lieutenant Brian Hart says this was a very disturbing incident, and he's glad the case was brought to an end in a timely manner. A Salem, Oregon father is charged in a shooting that left his son with life-threatening injuries. Police responded to the shooting Wednesday night at an apartment on Woodside Drive Southeast. They found 24-year-old Timothy Quantrell Brewer Jr. with a gunshot wound. He was taken to Salem Health Hospital where he's on a life support system. 42-year-old Timothy Quantrell Brewer Sr. fled to Albany where he was arrested. He's charged with attempted murder in the second degree. A 17-year-old boy is facing charges in connection with a deadly road rage shooting earlier this month in South Baltimore. Police said a 52-year-old man was found dead in his vehicle on April 14th in the 6200 block of Pennington Avenue. Police arrested the 17-year-old suspect this week. He was taken to Central Booking, where he was charged as an adult with first-degree murder. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. President Joe Biden asked Congress for $33 billion to support Ukraine, a dramatic escalation of U.S. funding for the war with Russia. The Ukrainian president pleaded with lawmakers to give the request a swift approval. The United States has ruled out sending its own or NATO forces to Ukraine, but Washington and its European allies have supplied weapons to Kyiv, such as drones, heavy artillery, anti-aircraft stingers, and anti-tank javelin missiles. Vladimir Putin has warned of a lightning-fast retaliation if countries intervened in Ukraine, as Britain pressed for Moscow to be so weakened militarily by its war that the Russian president can never pose a threat to European security. 
The Russian president told lawmakers and St. Petersburg on Wednesday the West wanted to cut Russia into pieces and accused it of pushing Ukraine into conflict with Moscow. If someone intends to intervene in the ongoing events from the outside and create strategic threats for Russia that are unacceptable to us, they should know that our retaliatory strikes will be lightning fast, said Putin, according to The Guardian. Russia and the United States have carried out an unexpected prisoner exchange in a time of high tensions. Trading on Wednesday, a Marine veteran jailed by Moscow for a convicted Russian drug trafficker serving a long prison sentence in America. The deal involving Trevor Reed, an American in prison for nearly three years, would have been a notable diplomatic maneuver even in times of peace, but it was all the more surprising because it was done as Russia's war with Ukraine has driven relations with the U.S. to their lowest point in decades. On the other end of the swap was Konstan Yarkoshenko, a Russian pilot who had been serving a 20-year federal sentence for conspiring to smuggle cocaine into the United States. Other Americans, including WNBA star Brittany Griner and Michigan corporate security executive Paul Weiland, still remain jailed in Russia. Executions in Iran rose alarmingly by 25% last year and surged after hardline cleric Ibrahim Razi was elected president, two campaign groups say. At least 330 people were put to death, according to Norway-based Iran Human Rights and France's Together Against the Death Penalty. The number of executions for drug-related offenses, 126, was five times higher than in 2020, their report says. The figures are based both on official announcements and sources inside Iran. In October, UN human rights expert warned that almost all the executions in Iran were an arbitrary deprivation of life and urged the country to end the imposition of the death penalty where it is a, in violation of international law. Under Iran's penal code, people can be executed for crimes that are not considered among the most serious under international law, such as drug trafficking. Emmanuel Macron won a resounding victory against Marine Le Pen in the presidential runoff, becoming the first modern French head of state to win successive terms of office while also in control of the government. Macron, 44, won with 58.5% of the vote against Le Pen's 41.5% after an aggressive second-round campaign in which she cast the leader of the national rally as a far-right threat to democracy and European security. Addressing a victory rally at the foot of the Eiffel Tower, where his supporters waved French and European flags, Macron vowed to respond efficiently to the anger and disagreement of voters who chose the far right. I know that a number of French people have voted for me today, not to support my ideas, but to stop the ideas of the far right, he said, and called on supporters to be kind and respectful to the others because the country was riven by so much doubt and so much division. And that was Connor Brown with your international news. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. Shoppers in New Jersey will need to start bringing reusable bags with them starting soon. The state's ban on single-use paper and plastic bags goes into effect soon for grocery stores larger than 2,500 square feet. The measure also bans businesses from using styrofoam takeout containers in what is considered the nation's strongest plastics ban. 
The change only applies to stores and restaurants, so consumers will still be able to buy paper and plastic goods like garbage bags and paper plates. A Starbucks in Mercer County has become the first Starbucks store in New Jersey to unionize. Baristas at the Starbucks in Hopewell have voted unanimously to become a union shop. They've joined a bargaining group called Workers United. Governor Phil Murphy is congratulating Hopewell 15, saying Starbucks should immediately recognize the union and begin contract negotiations. Workers at two other Starbucks in New Jersey, one in Summit and another in Hamilton Township, are in the process of voting now. This comes as Starbucks employees across the country are making concerted efforts to unionize. Governor Phil Murphy has returned to New Jersey following his economic mission trip to Ireland. While in Ireland, Murphy announced that an Irish travel plaza company will be expanding to New Jersey. Murphy says Apple Green is relocating its U.S. headquarters to Bergen County and will add 100 new jobs and will redevelop all the state's 21 highway service plazas. During his trip, the governor visited Trinity College in Dublin, the Guinness Storehouse, Jameson Distillery, and he networked with Irish businesses and community leaders. A Newark veterinarian is charged with multiple counts of animal cruelty for mistreating several dogs in his care. Essex County prosecutors say 44-year-old Aaron Seth Yoblin owns Newark Veterinary Hospital and lied about performing surgeries on an English bulldog that died in his care. Investigators say he also failed to properly take care of three huskies and allegedly charged the owner for services that were never performed. Acting New Jersey Attorney General Matthew Platkin has requested the Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners temporarily suspend Yablin's license to practice pending the outcome of the case. From Ted Sherman at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, New Jersey's most exclusive golf course may be too exclusive. The state filed a civil rights complaint against the Pine Valley Golf Club recently, alleging, quote, a pattern of gender-based discrimination by the historically male-dominated club. This was shown in the club's membership, its public accommodations, its employment, and restricted housing opportunities to live on the course offered only to members. According to the eight-page administrative complaint, the state's attorney general's office alleged that Pine Valley violated New Jersey's law against discrimination by banning women from becoming members and restricting their ability to golf and to access club facilities. Officials said those policies were only relaxed after the state launched an investigation. As of July 2021, the report said the club had admitted only three women as members, representing less than 0.5% of its membership. The investigation continues into a mysterious substance that's turned a brook in Passaic milky white. A chalky substance was first spotted in a Third Ward Park brook recently that led to Hughes Lake and the Passaic River. Health officials aren't sure what it is, but the Department of Environmental Protection tested it and says it's not harmful. Mayor Hector Loris says it's coming from Clifton and suspects it could be related to illegal dumping. The area around the brook is closed off while authorities try to solve the milky mystery. From the 6ABC Digital staff and Dan Kular at 6ABC.com, a bouncer is wanted on a third-degree murder charge for punching a man outside of Center City Philadelphia Bar, police said. Kenneth Fry is being sought in the death of 41-year-old Eric Pope, the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office announced recently. Police say Pope was escorted out of Taboo Bar and Lounge for being intoxicated. That's when he was punched by Fry. Pope fell to the ground and died from his injuries, which included trauma to the brain, at the hospital days after the incident. The events leading up to the punch are still under investigation. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. 
and Cry Bennett with the Rowan News joined President Hushman and the Rowan University's community to celebrate the groundbreaking for the 30 million addition to the Chamberlain Student Center set to open in the fall of 2023. This informal groundbreaking ceremony will be held as a part of the Goodbye Back Patio Festivities, sponsored by the Chamberlain Student Center and campus activities from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The multi-level expansion will provide facilities for meetings, events, offices, and services designed to accommodate Rowan's growing student body and provide essential technology and amenities. Large space indoors and redesigned plaza outdoors will welcome their own community for collaboration in public events and activities. The Division of Facilities Planning and Operation is overseeing the project and planning the development in collaboration with design consultants Icon 5 Architects and the general contractor Newport Construction. The ceremony is set to take place on May 2nd, 2022. In other news, as a part of the 2022 commencement festivities, Rowling University will welcome healthcare executive Joseph Cosgrove to receive the 2022 Distinguished Alumnus Award on May 7th. The Royal College of Business graduate with a bachelor's degree in business and marketing, Cosgrove is the chairman, president, and chief executive officer of Penn Tech Health, a Glensmill, Pennsylvania company that focuses on servicing dialysis patients. Under his leadership, the company has become the industry leader through unprecedented expansion, diversity, and profitability. Cosgrove has received many professional accolades and with his leadership, Pintech Health has earned many industry distinctions. Iron, he has supported the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship and other programs and businesses, including partnerships to help students prepare for thriving careers and to encourage women leaders in career coaching. Once again, with Rowan News, I'm Kariah Bennett. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. In Rowan Sports News, Rowan Baseball has their season winding down. This past Thursday against Stockton University, the Profs continued their winning ways in the borough, winning 10-6. Rowan had a huge seventh inning, scoring, yes, a total of six runs just in that inning alone. Three singles and one double led to the monster offensive outburst for the Profs just in that inning. Two players for Rowan, Trip McCaffrey and Hunter Roniak, each had three hits in the ballgame. Today, Rowan returns home for a doubleheader against Kane University to round out the regular season. Rowan softball also has been on a hot streak as of late and has won three out of their last four games. In their last doubleheader this past Thursday against Ramapo, the Profs won game one 4-0. Emily August pitched another complete game shutout while striking out eight and only allowing three hits in the ballgame. In game two, the Profs won by a final score of 6-3. Today, the Rowan softball team will take on NJCU at home in doubleheader action in the borough. Moving along to professional sports and the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars held the first overall pick in this year's draft and selected defensive end out of Georgia, Trayvon Walker. He was not the only Georgia Bulldog taken in the first round as a total of five Georgia Bulldogs were taken in the first round of this year's draft. This year's first round was also filled with a ton of trades. 
A total of nine draft day trades occurred, including three straight picks from 11 to 13, three in a row. Two big-name receivers are also on the move, starting with Hollywood Brown as he was traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. He will now be paired alongside DeAndre Hopkins down in the desert. He leaves playing with his buddy Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. The biggest splash of the night, though, belonged to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles and general manager Howie Roseman maneuvered a ton of draft picks before and during the draft and made a ton of trades. They first moved up to pick 13 on draft night from 15 to draft Jordan Davis, an interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. The Eagles made the move of the night, though, trading the 18th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft as well as a third rounder in this year's draft to the Tennessee Titans for 24-year-old A.J. Brown. Brown and the Eagles QB, Jalen Hurts, had been seen on social media working out together in the offseason and now are teammates. A FaceTime call of the two went viral on draft night. Brown comes over and will be paired alongside second-year receiver and former Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. Should be an interesting year for the Philadelphia Eagles. The NFL Draft, though, will continue with the final rounds throughout the day today. And with that, I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. A new poll is showing while young people want student loan debt relief, they may not want it completely forgiven. The Harvard University poll says of more than 2,000 18 to 29 year olds surveyed, 85% favor some form of government action on student loan debt, but only 38% favor total debt cancellation. Along party lines, the numbers vary widely. About 72% of Democrats surveyed favored canceling at least some student loan debt, along with 56% of independents but only 24% of Republicans want to see any student loan debt canceled. Ford Motors' first quarter earnings were on par with expectations. The automaker's earnings per share came in one cent above what analysts projected. Its revenue in the automotive department also came in above expectations. Ford's stock remains down around 30% for the year so far. Elon Musk says he wants to buy Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. Michael Kastner reports. Musk made the joke yesterday on Twitter where the world's richest man has been openly speculating lately on what companies he should buy and for what reason. In a previous tweet, Tesla and SpaceX CEO said he was going to buy McDonald's and fix all the ice cream machines. He also threatened to buy Facebook and delete it. Musk recently entered into a deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion and told his 87 million followers, let's make Twitter maximum fun. I'm Michael Kastner. New York State is granting more than $6.2 million to Holocaust survivor organizations. Governor Kathy Hochul says New York is a home to some 40,000 Holocaust survivors and 40% live in poverty. The money will go to nearly 30 groups that serve all survivors. Hochul also raised concern about the dramatic rise in hate and anti-Semitic crimes and allocated $25 million to improve security in communities most at risk of being targeted. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Blackpink are not making a comeback in June. That's according to the K-pop girl group's agency, YG Entertainment. The label shut down rumors of a June release in statement, saying that their schedule has not been decided yet. Blackpink released their LP, The Album, back in 2020. 
That project featured collaborations with Cardi B and Selena Gomez. Harry Styles is calling attempts to label his sexuality as outdated. The As It Was singer discussed the perception that he should publicly label his sexuality in a recent interview. Styles said that instead, people should move towards accepting everyone and being more open. The former One Direction member has been dating director and actress Olivia Wilde since January 2021. The sequel to Avatar is finally getting a title. The film is being called Avatar The Way of Water. Director James Cameron showed footage of the new movie at CinemaCon, which is a gathering of movie theater owners in Las Vegas. The movie is set more than a decade after the release of the first movie. The trailer will be released next week and play before Marvel's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Avatar The Way of Water is set to be released December 16th in the U.S. Justin Bieber is back with new music. The Canadian poster dropped I Feel Funny Tuesday. The release arrived with an accompanying music video. The track follows Bieber's April 15th Coachella appearance for a performance of Peaches alongside Daniel Caesar. Oscar winner Helen Mirren will be gracing the cover of People's Beautiful Issue. The 76-year-old says she was gobstruck when asked, admitting she never considered herself beautiful. She likes to use the word swagger instead. She says she feels that means confidence and it's a better way to describe the beauty industry. Mirren won her Academy Award for the movie The Queen. She has two other films in the works, one set for release this year. Arcade Fire sharing another taste of their forthcoming new album, We. On Wednesday, the band shared their song, Unconditional Eye, Look Out Kid. In a press release, Wynn Butler said, There's nothing saccharine about unconditional love in a world that is coming apart at the seams. We, split into two sides, I and We, is Arcade Fire's sixth full-length album following 2017's Everything Now and is set to be released May 6. Betty White's Los Angeles home is officially on the market. The late Hollywood star's five-bedroom property is listed at $10.5 million. The home was built in 1952 and offers views of the Getty Museum and surrounding mountains. White and her third husband, Alan Ludden, bought the property back in 1968. The sale comes after her Carmel vacation home in Northern California sold for nearly $3 million over the asking price. I'm Creeny Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.